Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Welcome to a very special episode of Two Men in the Mouse. My name is Kevin Kessler. I'm your regular host here for Two Men in the Mouse. Uh, this is our last episode without our, our co-host, Pete. It's going to be a little bit different, as you can tell, by the fact that I'm not doing an overly scripted opening right now. Uh, folks, this is not a regular episode of Two Men in the Mouse. It's not going to be a lot of very park-heavy stuff. Uh, so if you don't want to listen, I understand, and I won't hold it against you, and we're still friends, don't worry. Uh, but this week, we are talking about Kingdom Hearts Three and the entire Kingdom Hearts franchise, and we have a special guest coming in to talk about this game with us, and that is one of the uh, one of one of the main players, uh, not players as in playing the game. You can tell I really usually script these openings. Uh, we have one of the main voice actors, not just of the Kingdom Hearts series, but of Disney itself. Uh, we're going to be welcoming back to the show for the second time in history. Mr. Bill Farmer, Disney legend and voice of Goofy and Pluto. He's going to be sitting down with me exclusively to talk about about Kingdom Hearts, the franchise, how video games are made as opposed to animated features and, you know, films and, and television shows and, you know, the difference and where where the series has been and where it is and where it is going. So Bill and I had a really great conversation. We sat down and talked for about 30, 40 minutes and uh, I'm very happy to bring that to you guys. Uh, before we get into that, I'm just going to give you my little mini-review of this game. Uh, and, of course, my mini-review is brought to you by our good friend Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. Check him out over at DisneyDW at Verizon.net. And, of course, our friends over at KingdomStrollers.com, uh, who will rent you the crib, or strollers of your, the crib or stroller of your dreams and deliver it right to your Disney resort. So, my quick feelings on this game before we get into the conversation with Bill. I've waited... Um, 13 or so years for this game 12 13 years since kingdom hearts 2 came out i've played every piece of kingdom hearts media that has hit stores in the last you know decade plus of preparing for this game kingdom hearts 3 did not disappoint me in any way shape or form it was a masterpiece of storytelling it was a masterpiece of gameplay uh seamless transitions from cutscene to gameplay and here's the thing that i love the most is that graphics for video games have kind of caught up to movie graphics and like modern Disney movies so when you're in Arendelle if you're in Toy Box which is the Toy Story world it really feels like you are like you're playing the movie uh, there I've seen comparisons of scenes with like Kingdom Hearts 3 versus the actual movie and it's hard to tell which one is which um, the Hercules was the only world that we've ever experienced before here and the Hercules world is very much a tutorial. You just kind of kind of get through it, fight a couple titans, fight alongside Hercules, 
and you know it work it works it's fine it's not great uh for a world but once you get out of hercules every world is spectacular they're all new age kind of disney movies you've got toy box which is toy story you do monsters inc you do uh tangled frozen pirates of the caribbean which oh pirates of the caribbean is another world you've been to before but i'm gonna kind of like put breath put quotation marks around that because i feel like pirates wasn't done like this before and i'll get to pirates in a second but uh you know big hero six and uh, big hero six was amazing the pirates and big hero six were probably the two best worlds in the history of this franchise they were just so all-encompassing and and the pirates graphics were so ridiculous uh because it really looked like you know ultra hd um you know because you're in like a live action movie and you could see donald's individual feathers you could see goofy's fur like the texture was so good they actually gave them pirate outfits this time around which i was really happy to see and i don't think it was johnny depp doing the voice of jack sparrow but it is a really good johnny depp impersonator so i i mean i cannot say enough good things about that world big hero six was a genuine joy um as like and the frozen world i loved the frozen world it was so good i'm not going to spoil anything for you guys but if you're wondering do they go there they go there and i was just so excited to see it and there are moments in this game where i laughed there are moments there are so many moments where i smiled there were moments in this game where i cried there's a moment with donald uh donald kind of has a big emotional beat at the end of this game kind of like how goofy did in kingdom hearts 2 and it's like a really like crazy moment where my heart kind of broke um just the blend the merging of original square enix characters and disney characters really comes together here and i'm just so happy to be able to talk to you guys about it and talk to bill farmer so i give the game a solid 9.5 out of 10 um and i i just i can't wait to 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 dig into it with bill farmer so we're going to take a quick commercial break we're going to hear from our sponsors and the rest of the white dragon podcast network and we'll be back with our conversation with disney legend and voice of goofy bill farmer to talk about kingdom hearts 3 and the entire kingdom hearts franchise you know pete it's hard work planning a disney vacation course your whole family has to get going you got to pack everything up you got to figure out where you're eating you got to figure out where you're staying but you know what makes life so much easier makes your trip planning a more fun experience tell me that sounds like something i need absolutely you need a travel agent do we know one of those we absolutely do we know our good friend and sponsor dave weikert of magical travel the official travel agent of two men in the mouse folks we've both used him yes we have dave weikert plans our disney vacations all the time and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves dave started his cranford based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it were his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. 
That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that's like that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, this can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all you kids. You give them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. All Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on it. Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. This is Bill Farmer, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. Folks, back on March 28, 2002, a game came out that changed the face of the gaming industry. It was an RPG that blended elements of classic Square Enix franchises like the Final Fantasy series with the worlds of Disney animation. Since that day, Kingdom Hearts has had a special place in the hearts of fans of both franchises, Final Fantasy and Disney alike. Today, I am honored and privileged to invite back onto the show a certified, official Disney legend, and one of the main voices of our collective childhood. He is one of the three half-pints that make up a whole pint in the Kingdom Hearts world. He's a Disney icon. Please welcome the voice of Goofy himself, Mr. Bill Farmer. Welcome back to Two Men in the Mouse. Oh, 
thank you so much. And I knew, uh, I know Goofy would let say, "Gorsh, thanks for having me on the show." Well, we <laughs> welcome the we welcome the captain of King Mickey's Guard anytime he wants to be here on the show. And you know, thank the, you. The, the Kingdom Hearts series has touched so many people over the last oh gosh, was it two thousand two to now? So you know, yeah. you're, you're looking at about yeah. seventeen years. It's it's been a long, long road. Oh yeah, it. Uh... I think it is the longest running individual kind of, uh, pro, you know, a project or series mm-hmm. that I've ever been involved with. So uh, definitely a, a long running series, and I'm glad I'm still here. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because like you know, games like like Mario or Zelda, those are games that you know don't really have a, a, a continuous story going from one to the other. But this is now almost 20 years old, and it has right. one long continuous story. Which you know, for most of my friends that have reached out to me, being like, "Hey, do I need to have played all the other Kingdom Hearts to play Kingdom Hearts 3? And I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah, you did." Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh it's it's so rare to have a series with such longevity and because it was so unique and so um i guess unique is the best word i could think to describe it how were you first told about the concept of kingdom hearts and and what did they initially say to you when they were like hey bill we've got this new project well, first of all, I knew it was just a video game. That's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do all sorts of, at Disney, you know, over the last 32 years that I've been voicing the character, we've done every imaginable kind of format you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, you know, cartoons, movies, uh, you know, uh, web things, uh, Disney on Ice, live shows at Disneyland and all the other parks. So it's uh, not... I I had no idea or a preconceived idea that this was going to be anything that special. And when they uh, approached me, they said, okay, this is a game that uh, is coming out of Japan. And uh, of course, in those days, it was almost verboten for the characters to kind of cross into other worlds or, um, you know, to kind of, you know, where uh, Goofy and Mickey would never appear at Disneyland in, say, Adventureland or where they're out of place. Mm -hmm. And here they get to go into different animated worlds, which was something pretty brand new. Uh, We did some of that on the uh, television series House of Mouse, where we would have Mm -hmm. um, you might have, you know, Ursula from Little Mermaid sitting in the audience watching Goofy and and, uh, a Pluto cartoon. So it was kind of a, a unique challenge, and uh, you never know what you're going to run into when you do this kind of a job. Oh, absolutely! I loved House of Mouse, just for the record, and and, and Mickey's House of Villains, the uh, the movie that they made out of it. Uh, really, really great series. Like, just geeked out a little bit when you talked about it. But I think the, I mean, like recording a video game as opposed to recording, let's say, a movie, yeah. like when you did the Goofy movie or Goof Troop, a television right. series, or even Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Now, how long does it typically take to record a game? Because it seems like. It seems like it, you have so much ground to cover, and it's not so linear as, say, a movie. Yes, absolutely. And people always ask me, what did I think of the story in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and this world and that world? And the, the way we record it uh, is totally different. Even in a regular video game, which is in English, uh, you don't get a real sense of the storyline because it is not linear. Um, each character may have many different, different paths within the game that aren't linear in the overall way that the game's put together. Mm-hmm. And you're right in a goofy movie or in a cartoon, especially we go page one, page two, page three here, I would have a big binder of words, 
uh, of uh, lines of dialogue. And they'd say, okay, go to page eight and line 13, 14, and 15, do those. And then on this particular game, it was done originally in, uh, in Japan. So I am hearing the Japanese actors in my headphones. And I just replace Goofy's dialogue from the Japanese actor who mm -hmm. was portrayed Goofy and trying to make the words fit into the, the mouth flaps as best I could so they have very little uh, reanimation to do. So I don't get much of a sense of a story when you do a video game and even less in this particular series because all the other lines are in Japanese and I don't speak <laughs> Japanese. Right. Now, was it because um, now this previous games in the franchise were all released in Japan first and then they came out here. Was yes. this animated? Was Kingdom Hearts 3 also animated in Japan first because it had a global release, which was the first for the series? Yes, um, it it was. And what I was hearing in my headphones were the Japanese actors and it, the same uh, same procedure where we would see a scene. And I would see Goofy say, come on, Sora uh, the, the Heartless, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. And I would watch the lip flaps and try and figure how long it took the Japanese actor to say that. And I would try and put those words in that exact amount of time with the match of the uh, lip flaps as close as I could get it. And then we would do it a few times and then they'd say yay or nay or, oh, I need to be more excited or Goofy's getting hit in this thing or attacking. He needs to sound a little more angry or whatever the emotion is. And we would do it until they would say, OK, let's move on to the next line. We would do that in four hour increments. Uh, and I would come in you know, usually with even as much as a month or two between segments, between sessions. Um so it was like, you know, a day or two of very intensive stuff, then a month or several months before I'd huh. go back in the studio Interesting. in four-hour increments. So it was very intensive when I'm there. So now are, are you looking at the animation while you record as well to match up your, your lip flaps to, to, that, to the Japanese Goofy as well, or does the animation come later? No, the animation is already done. Not all of it is in final form. In other words, some of it's almost like pencil test in okay. a animation or just a computer kind of a rough rendering without the beautiful colors and textures. So it's very kind of rough wireframe kind of stuff. Um, and depending on how much they're done with that particular scene depends on whether I see full animation or half animation or even a very kind of simple uh, where the characters are standing there, but they aren't even moving. And I'm putting in, dialogue and those are for new lines or something they're adding for the english release of this game uh, and they add scenes and some are already done and some aren't so mm -hmm. it is totally a, a a unique challenge to the actor to kind of get that right so now the way it sounds it sounds like you're doing all of your your lines you know solo in a room by yourself you're not recording alongside tony and selmo and Haley joe osman ever that's correct. In this game, I never recorded anything but solo in the studio uh, because of the technical nature of each individual line and the fact that the other uh, was recorded in Japan. It's just too hard to do it any other way. They have to concentrate on every little movement, every little vocal flap. Mm -hmm. And so they have to concentrate on one character at a time. And it would be almost impossible to do that ensemble. So now does it... Um... When, when you're when you're recording this, 
is because uh, I know you know in the the folks over at Square Enix kind of took the lead on the directing of the game. But so does Disney have a director and Square Enix have a director, or are you just specifically working with the Square Enix or Disney people? I was working uh, with both. Uh, I was working with a contingent from Japan who were overseeing. Uh, you know, what we were doing here, but we had a couple of directors that work with Disney Character Voices, division of Disney that kind of oversees these projects, and those directors would be directing me. They would have the advantage of talking beforehand, okay, what's this scene all about? What do we want to achieve today? And they know me and have worked with me many, many times before, and they helped me keep the character uh, in character that uh, they just know the characters so well. They're a go-between between the uh, Square Enix, Enix people and, and Disney. Okay. So they are doing the directing. It's friends of mine who I've known for 20 years in uh, different different uh, projects. Now, and I know that you have a, with Goofy especially, there, there's kind of a history of, of taking him into a more deeper emotional turn. The Goofy movie, I guess, would be uh, most people's, yeah. um, you know, big viewpoint on you being able to take him down a more emotional road. Now you have a storyline with, with Kingdom Hearts, wherein things are are much deeper and much bigger, and it's all about this, like, you know, this battle between light and darkness, and and the human heart, and, um, you know, you're you're dealing with large scale battle scenes. And so how did it feel to kind of play Goofy in a much deeper and more emotional story in a different way than you played him in a Goofy movie, whereas that was very heartwarming and familial, while this was more of almost like an action movie? Yes, yes. It is. It's technically much more difficult because I'm not reacting to anything. Mm -hmm. I am technically replacing the dialogues and have to instantly get into whatever emotional state that Goofy has to be in. And so I'm not hearing the threat. So I'm not uh, responding. I am. That's a theater of the mind kind of thing. You just have to imagine Goofy in these scenes. You hmm. can kind of see it, but you don't really. It, it's not the same as if you had the other actors there speaking in your language and reacting to it. That's easier. This can get a little, I assume it's like, kind of like those, the movies where, you know, they have the green screen and the monster is really a, a piece of tape on the wall. And right. oh, that's the monster. And you've got to react to that. Right. That makes it a little bit more technically difficult to get to that emotional state that the character has to be in. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a, but it's a fun challenge and to add it uh, more layers to goofy than he's ever had before is a challenge to keep it within the spectrum of what goofy is and make it sound real. And um, uh, to, uh, you know, to just make it real is very difficult. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely imagine that being a being like so being a you know difficult mental exercise. Now, when you are when you're listening to the Japanese actors in your head, do you have an English printout of what the other actors are saying so you know what the line is that you're reacting to, or do you just have Goofies? Like, is it just kind of like a rundown sheet for Goofy? Yes, most of the time I do, but uh, and we will kind of sometimes to get into the emotional state, we will kind of read through those other lines if they haven't been recorded. Once in a while, if someone had else been in the studio and recorded the preceding line, they can play that for me so I can get a better idea. Hmm. But an awful lot of the time, it's uh, there's no uh, English line in front of me, so I just have to 
kind of uh, just make it up. But they do have the translation on the other lines in front of me. But they don't always follow uh, linearly. So it may or may not be the correct line. When it is, it's much easier for me to, to respond. Yeah. But if it's not the right line, then it's it's difficult. Now, afterwards, have you ever seen any of the completed you know, version of the game? I know I, I've seen you say in interviews before that you, you don't play it yourself, but your son does play right. it. Yeah, and uh, we have a couple of... Uh, he hasn't brought over uh, his equipment to play the game yet. We have our copy here, but I haven't seen it played except in when I'm recording it, I will see particular little scenes. So it's like playing the game over about a, you know, six to eight year period. It's yeah. hard to remember where we're at. And, you know, why am I in this world? Why am I a monster now? Why am uh-huh. I a turtle? Why am I a whatever? Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? That, that that brings up a good question. Um, What of all the Disney movies? Because you, now you kind of get to play in different, you know, Disney worlds and different movies throughout this. Right. What would be your favorite Disney movie that they've that they've explored in Kingdom Hearts? Oh my god! Any of the well, games. I, I do a lot of ADR in some of the movies, uh, earlier movies, and uh, for example, I was in the ADR group on Hercules, mm-hmm. on Toy Story, on Monsters Inc. So those worlds were somewhat more familiar to me. And I I'm kind sorry. Of got, the, the term ADR. I, what it, what is that? Yeah, uh, that's additional dialogue recording. For oh, example, lovely. in the movie Toy Story, when they're going through the Pizza Planet, I was the voice of the mission control saying. T-minus 29, 28, getting ready for launch. Oh, how and, cool. And so those little voices you get to sprinkle throughout a movie is what ADR is. And mm-hmm. none of the main characters. So those worlds definitely were familiar to me. But I found it more fun to go where it's a little bit more bizarre. For example, uh, you know, in Ariel's world, under undersea, as a turtle. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that too often. Or when... Goofy is a, a kind of a, a Monsters, Inc. type of monster. That's always a delight to get to see him in, in different roles. And, uh, okay, that's, that's that's cool. Oh, gosh, Donald's got one eye or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you get to see him interact with characters that you'd never see him interact before with. Like, he's talking to the genie in Aladdin or even when he's talking right. to the Final Fantasy characters. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's totally it's fun for the actor because we get to play. It's like we never have to grow up. We can take, okay, Goofy's going to be, you know, uh, talking to Hercules. That's okay. That's that's unique. How would this happen? But it's just play uh, for us. And it's a great deal of fun. How was it to read one of my favorite worlds was in, in Dream Drop Distance. Sora goes to like an alternate version of the Three Musketeers with with Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. How was it to kind of recreate yeah. that classic cartoon? Oh, uh, it's always fun, especially the more close to you, as I say, the worlds that I had actually visited before in the movies are a lot of fun. And I, I just it feels more comfortable. It's like an old pair of shoes. You put it on, and okay, I'm back in the as a three musketeer right. or back in, uh, in toy story or, or something like that. And, uh, th- it is a lot of fun to do that as well. You know, and a lot of these games, Goofy takes on, like you, like you had say, he takes on a lot of different forms. Uh, the ones I had re- remembered off the top of my head were he's a sea turtle in the little mermaid. He's a land tortoise in, um, uh-huh. like a Galapagos tortoise in the lion King. Uh, he's a Frankenstein right. and Halloween town, a reindeer in Christmas town, the green monster right. in Monsters Inc., an action figure in Toy Story, and he's a pirate in this one. Of right. those, which would you say your favorite would be? 
to see him as? Oh, gosh. Um, they're all fun. Maybe I, I'm a horror fan, so the Frankenstein is really fun, or the Monster and Monsters, Inc. Uh, are probably my favorite. But the most vi- visually different for me is probably the turtle in uh, uh, Sea Turtle. Yeah. You know, because the turtle with a with Goofy's head. So it's really a change from what I'm used to. And that's fun. Have you gotten to see any of the of the final product of the um the Pirates world from Kingdom Hearts 3? Not much. No, just when I was working on it. I have not seen anything hardly since it's it's been uh, released. The, so yeah, um, the gl- I have the the graphics on that world are just it's like next level it's like seeing goofy and donald in in a real world type scenario you can actually make out the follicles of goofy's fur you can see oh my God. you can see the individual feathers on donald i thought it was so cool well i i will i will have to have my son play that so i, I can find out <laughs> oh yeah it was absolutely neat like i really really enjoyed that the um uh, so I have a couple questions from some of our listeners as well. Actually, you know, before I get that, I had one other question that popped into my head. Have you ever met the gentleman uh, from Japan who voices Goofy over there? Like, have you guys ever met face to face? No, I have not. I've had the fortune to meet some of the uh, Goofies from around the world. I've met the Chinese Goofy, the Spanish Goofy, the even the Norwegian Goofy. But wow. I have not had a chance to meet the Japanese Goofy as of yet. But now I want to hear what Norwegian Goofy sounds like. It's like... Golly gee, oh, yuck. You know, it's very bizarre to my ear. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. And, you know, these people, obviously, they've all have any of them been doing it as long as you have or have they all kind of modeled their goofy after you? Many years ago, all of us at uh, Disney here had recorded videos that were sent around the world to other people, respective goofies and Donald's and Mickey's to kind of get an idea on how we do the voice uh ideas about the character so they can get a better handle on it. But um, unlike, say, Mickey and Donald, which are kind of trick voices, if you can do a falsetto, gosh, oh boy, you're kind of in a Mickey Mouse ballpark. Wow. Or if if you can do uh, that trick, I can't say many words. Uh, The Donald, you you know, you kind of push the air through your cheek and it's like, that's all I can say is Donald. Wow. That that's unbelievable to hear you be able to step into those worlds. Like, oh no, I I don't do a very good one, and it's it's good I'm not doing it. I can do a word or two, but to maintain a character is the trick. I feel like somewhere uh, in the world, Tony and Selmo just looked up in the air like some my, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't have any any worry for me because I can't maintain that voice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've you know like as someone who's played around with voices in the past, like you know I have tried to make the donald happen and i never can you know like it's you know yeah the... it's a tough one that's that's very tough because you have to put your tongue in a certain way to get that air sound coming through your cheek yeah that's one of those i feel like that's almost genetic it's like you either got it or you don't it's like being able to roll your tongue uh, <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. so some of our some of our listeners have asked questions. so danny sykes ha- asks you um have you ever worked with or met uh tetsuya nomura the the director from square enix who runs the kingdom hearts franchise and writes the story and if so what kind of person is he um as i remember i think i met him once and I'm not 100% sure of that because there's a large contingent from Japan that comes over. And so I've met most of the people. But uh, as I remember, he's a, uh, you know, kind of slightly built and, and very, very friendly, very nice. 
And uh, but a lot of the most talented people that you ever meet are kind of introverted and very kind of shy in in person. Mm-hmm. They they kind of get into the the work so much that that's their that's how they uh, you know project their, their or protect their uh, and a lot of actors are introverted as well and so they become characters to kind of get over that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robin Hans wants to know what it's like having worked alongside um, Haley Joel Osment as he went from kid to adult, and which which I know you said you don't work alongside of him, but have you have you gotten to right. meet him like doing press for the game or anything? I have met him, but it's been a long time. It's almost been uh, I think I don't think I've actually run into him since about the first game. Oh wow! Uh, he comes in on different days, and we all have different schedules and stuff. So I haven't seen him in years and years. But at the time, he was, you know, uh, flattered to be in the game and is still doing a great job because, you know, he's young enough that he it was easy for her, him to get into the pitch of Sora. And now that he's older, he probably has to, you know, work a little bit more to get his voice up there. And that, uh, uh, you know, he was a kid almost when he started. So to yeah. do that kid voice now that he's older may be a little difficult. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't like it, it had to have been 2002. I don't know when the Sixth Sense came out, but yeah. it, it probably was within five, six years of that. So he was still very much a kid when the game started. And, you know, now I, I saw him recently in uh, Tusk, the Kevin Smith horror movie. And, um, yeah, he, he was great in that, but you, you know, he's fully grown up and it's a 17 years between playing, you know, he's still kind of playing a young character. So, um, Robin also wants to know, uh, how does the cast handle the weird disparity between those very serious Square Enix moments and those, you know, goofy, no pun intended kind of Disney worlds? Well, um, I think they do it pretty well. It's really just kind of like layers on an onion is, you know, a lot of uh, comedy has the flip side of tragedy and seriousness. It's not that difficult to really um, make Goofy into a more serious character, but you have to watch about making it real. Mm. If, if it's emotionally real to the actor, it generally comes through okay in your your performance as an animated character. So they're they're kind of full spectrum characters and can go from being very sad to happy, even though basically Goofy's a very happy go lucky character. But uh, for example, in this game, he he has kind of a, a lot of intelligence, you know, kind of Goofy intelligence. Yeah. But he kind of yeah, he's not a bad guy to have on your side when the chips are down. I've noticed that in these games, Goofy is very much the conscience of the team. You know, Donald, Donald's always flying off the handle. Sora, Sora's kind of simplistic in nature. And Goofy's always the analytical one of the three who who kind of really breaks it down and gets to the heart of the matter right away, guesses things about the story that just proved to be true and is really kind of the unifying, like he's the heart, he's the heart of the team. I truly believe. Right. Right, exactly. It's uh, it's almost kind of like, uh, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the Tin Man. Oh, he had a heart all along. Or yeah. the Scarecrow was smart all along. So there is kind of a native, kind of a simple intelligence that Goofy has during this game, which was fun to explore. You know, what I also find interesting with this game is is the perfection that is Goofy's weapon of choice, which is a shield. You know, mm-hmm. he, does, he doesn't attack. He he kind of he's he's kind of like a goofy Captain America almost in a way, where his weapon is built right. for defense. You know, he throws it uh, sometimes. Sora throws him up in the air, and they have a, d- a double team move that they do. But when you're making these, you know, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy fight, 
and actually like you know mickey spins around like yoda donald's got like chaotic magic the shield uh-huh. was the perfect choice for goofy i feel like do you agree with that yeah. oh absolutely it uh, fits his personality and the way he sees life he's not an aggressive character by nature and so you have to honor that when you put a game like this where he has to fight and be in battles. It's not his nature, so you figure, okay, a shield really works well for him because mm-hmm. he is a defensive kind of guy. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Oriel wants to know, if you could choose any other Disney franchise world to bring into Kingdom Hearts, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that would be uh, a real interesting one. Uh, that's a toughie, you know. Um, oh, let's see what would be, what would be kind of a fun one to do? Um, we've covered most of the, the best ones now. So I'm trying, I'm yeah. kind of stumped by, I don't know which one would be. It. <laughs> you know what? Maybe. I would love to see. I would love to see the Incredibles. Yeah. I would yeah. love to see Brave. Brave um, would be, uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars and know. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably be uh, that'd probably be the most logical thing to do. Be to go the Star uh, Wars route, and and that would be kind of fun. There's a uh, there's a lot of I've got a couple. I have a Goofy as Darth Vader talking toy that we did many years ago. So maybe that would be fun. <laughs> so, what are some of the lines that Goofy says as Darth Vader in the toy? Uh, Wars, I am your father, and stuff like that. <laughs> This is powerful with this one. <laughs> Things like that, as I remember. Oh, that's great. Like, yeah, there's the, there's that great video um, on YouTube of uh, Jim Cummings doing uh, Darth Vader lines as Winnie the Pooh. Uh huh. Have you ever caught that? Oh, vid- it, it's... I've not seen that, but that sounds like Jim. Yeah, and I was, I was, he he's done so many. He's done Don Carnage from Tailspin as the the um the the guard from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like he's done a lot of those. And I I was thinking like, cause I know they do the goofy Darth Vader all the time and how funny it would be to hear him say things like, you know, you are part of the rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take Uh her away. And like, uh, yeah, to the millennium Falcon. (laughs) Exactly. Every guy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Um, so, uh, Chris Probelski wants to know, um, how long does it take to record all the grunts, elations, and damage noises? And is it tedious, or is that your favorite part? Uh, no, we actually did that fairly rapidly. And most of the grunts and impacts we did toward the very end, about the last segment or the last session I had, was about two or three hours of doing that. And that gets a little tedious, but you got to be careful about doing that. You don't want to hurt the vocal cords. Yeah. And... Uh, but it gets somewhat tedious, but, you know, it, in the overall scheme of things, it, it wasn't that much of my time there. Um, I probably had, what, a thousand, couple of thousand lines of dialogue over, over the, the, you know, months and months and months that I worked on this thing. So, you know, a few, a couple of hours of grunts and groans and fighting things is physically kind of challenging but it's it's not too it's not too bad yeah you know i was thinking about it like when i was reading through that question and you know things that goofy says in the games a lot like when he's like come on or you know like sora like those are things that we hear throughout the game a million times it's just like regular like fight ambiance but you probably only had to, to record that once and they just keep replaying it Sometimes they replay them if they uh, they do, but they also like kind of organic performances. So I would do that an awful lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how many times they actually reused 
a particular performance uh, throughout the game. But it seemed like I was doing a lot of, come on, Sora, let's go, and, and things like that. You know, and so, also, it also seems to me with, with this game, like, they used to kind of take the, you know, the, the, the easy street where sometimes, like, exposition would be explained in a world by having just a word bubble over Goofy's head or Donald's head, and like, with no yeah. vocal. This game, there was none of that. Everything was right. spoken in Kingdom Hearts 3. And I think that's probably why it took so long to put it together is because of all the new animation that they didn't cut the any corners by doing a thought bubble. They, they you know, fleshed it out. And as I say, as some of the scenes I did were almost wireframe in nature, so they were adding those scenes to kind of probably do that, I guess. Now, the last question I'll ask is, is one that I know you can't answer, but just I want to know if you know. Have they spoken to you about where the franchise is heading after this? No, as a matter of fact, it's very difficult for me to find out where one ends and the other begins. Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of keep it on, uh, on, you know, pretty well secret even from us. And that's why the typical fan knows more about the game than I do. I just see, uh, you know, little snippets, lines here and here. And uh, when we do the recording, we go in our book, we'll go, okay, page eight, we're going to do this line. Page 12, we do these three lines. Page 14 or 27 or 150 or whatever. And there are hundreds and hundreds of pages, and we skip around so much. It kind of keeps me in the dark more than most people. So which you're, is good for Goofy. you're not given a script for the whole game, then? You're given just the lead sheets for what Goofy has to do? For that particular session, I'm generally given the, the lines that I have to do in that four-hour Gotcha. session i go to gotcha. otherwise the book would probably weigh 10 20 pounds yeah but i was gonna add like i figured it would be like you know insanely huge if you had the full script for an entire 23 hour video game yeah and even in a four hour session i might have a thick binder full of pages yeah um well that's all the questions that i have bill i mean any final thoughts you want to add about just this series and and what you've seen i'm sure when you go to these um um, conventions and whatnot, people talk to you about Kingdom Hearts a lot. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I go to Comic-Cons and things like that and meet the fans, I'm just amazed at how popular this game is and that Goofy is. And I've been so fortunate to uh, be a part of a, a character that's been around for 32 years. And, well, he's been around 88 years. And I've been, done it for 32 years. So, right. And that's very rare kind of thing in Hollywood to have a character that you consistently voice for that many years. There's no other characters like that. Mm. And uh, I guess it's because people love these characters, and I'm just so honored to be a part of it that uh, I'll always cherish that. And you've got such a rare opportunity, too, with the ability to, you know, take a character in such wildly different directions that you've kind of gotten to play with and explore in that, in that toy box a little bit. Um, exactly. Exactly. Especially like with a Goofy movie when it came out. Now he's a caring father, whereas in Goof Troop he had Max, but he's a little bit more silly, a little more Saturday morning animation, whereas we got to explore a lot more of the uh, kind of the sad stuff that Goofy could go through when yeah. Max doesn't, you know, thinks he's stupid and goofy and all of this stuff and doesn't really appreciate him. And so it, it's fun to kind of go in those areas that we've never gone before with the character. 
I mean, I remember as as a child, and I, I know I mentioned this to you last time, but I'll say it again. The uh, as a child watching a Goofy movie, it was such an emotional moment for me when they hit that button at the waterfall, where he's just like, "I have my own life," and you delivered this line so perfectly, where he's like, "I know," and I just want to be a part of it. And like my what? heart, like I'm tearing up right now, like just thinking about it again. This is now the second time I've cried talking to you about this scene. So my embarrassment aside, but it, it is so, so cool that you've gotten to, to toy with that for over, you know, almost 30 years. Well, yeah, that, uh, and I, of course, you know, my son was about five years old when a goofy movie came out. So I was kind of, you know, imagining him as Max and it helps with the emotion and, that, yeah, you do want to be a part of your kid's life. And yeah. so it made it real for me. And I guess that's why I could uh, could do the line correctly. That's wonderful. So well, what what else do you have uh, coming up now? Uh, anything you wanted to talk about, promote? I know you, uh, you do lessons for pr- um, prospective voice actors. I certainly do. You know, it's a company called Toon House Inc., T-O-O-N-H-O-U-S-E, Inc., I-N-C., and, uh, yeah, I've been teaching for several years now, helping new people that want to learn about the voiceover industry and that may want to put a demo together or take lessons. I, I do that via Skype as well as in my studio here. Um, I've got several series on. We're in our fifth season of Mickey Mouse, the shorts that we do where they're kind of the, you know, uh, yeah, retro. That's where Goofy looks like he did back in 1932. Yeah. Mickey and the racers is in its second season uh, i've got a couple of other series i can't even talk about yet uh, that will be coming out oh Boy, that's interesting um, i I've, I've never been this busy and uh, i figured by now they would have uh, retired me but nope <laughs> so i'll be around for a while I keep I calling you back i i know yeah. i with how with how good the new ducktales has been i know i'm yes. not alone in hoping that someday some way we will get a new goof troop I I hope so, and who knows? I know Disney's opening up a Netflix type of streaming service, yep. and they'll need shows, so I hope they're uh, got something in the plan. Fingers crossed. I mean, I love any time we get to see Maxie, um, and, yeah. and I I would love to see Max in Kingdom Hearts. To, he's one of my like dream characters to catch, and whenever I see, if I ever see Max in the parks, I'm always running to get a picture with him, because it's always such a cool moment to see him out there. It, yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope they do. Maybe I'll have to write another goofy movie. Yeah. Maybe I should do. <laughs> yeah, if you, if, I, you, if you need any help, let me know. I'll uh, bring my pen. I I certainly will. Oh, well, thank you so much, Bill. I mean, we're honored every time you come on the show and, you know, I'm I'm still floored that I get the opportunity to talk to you. So thank you for all of your work over the years. Thank you for coming on the show and talking to us and wish you nothing but the very best. We'll be looking out for those uh those secret series that you're working on. All righty. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you. Face my fears. 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 Face my f
Wow. What an honor it is. Every single time I get to talk to the legendary Bill Farmer. I really hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed um, conducting the interview. Um, really a lot of really great insight into the mind of a really great, very talented performer and a wonderful, wonderful individual. Bill does so much work um, you know, with charities and with um, you know, sick children and whatnot. He, he's really just a class act individual. And, you know, I feel lucky that we've had him on the show now twice and that he's been a part of my childhood as well as all of your Disney lives and experiences. Uh, so that does it for our Kingdom Hearts special episode here today. Pete is back with the next episode, number 177, uh, which actually should be dropping the same day as this one. So if you're listening, this, listening to this, there's a good chance that that one is either out or it's on its way out currently so hope you guys enjoy that we're going to be talking a lot about star wars galaxy's edge um the improvements that are coming to epcot all this news just dropped the galaxy's edge stuff is is going to take up a lot of time so we're very very excited to be bringing that we're excited to welcome pete back thank you guys uh for the last three episodes for kind of bearing with me um well we have been without a pete uh i thank you very much to uh becky actress adams um for filling in the first week Thank you to my good friend Maddie Moat over in the UK for doing that episode on educational experiences in Walt Disney World with me. And of course, thank you to the legendary Bill Farmer for sitting here with me today to, well, <laughs> to sit in a room or, you know, sit in a virtual room with a notorious Kingdom Hearts geek to watch me absolutely go nuts and, you know, geek out over the work he's done in this franchise over the last 17 years. So hope you guys enjoyed this back to our regularly scheduled program uh, coming up. And thank you guys so much for the impact you've had on my life and for continuing to support two men in the mouth through all the ups and the downs through all these years as we approach our 200th episode, which we're trying to put together something super special for. So we will see. Uh, so for Pete, for myself, uh, for our sponsors, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation at no additional cost. Kingdom Strollers, who will deliver a uh, stroller right to your Disney resort. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. <laughs>